0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story... ...about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness, right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover, volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com... And type in the Department of Meta Human Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. <laughs>
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, and with me again is Mason Fox, and we're going to be talking about another comic book movie that was just released. Hellboy. And, let's uh, let's talk about that. How do you feel about Hellboy?
0: I will say that I... Well,
1: you know what? I'm going to stop you. How, how did you... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, Alright, you know what? I it, it indulge me, really. I want to know where you're going with this now. <laughs>
1: How did you feel about Hellboy going into this?
0: Oh well I was gonna address that, you know, but Okay, sure.
1: well let me just
0: let me just proceed. Go I, I definitely liked it more than I thought I would going in. Okay. I but honestly I, I tried to be a little bit more open-minded, and I tried to go in with no expectation, really. Okay. I tried to go in with, no, like, no negative emotions. I tried to let it go. So, you know, I, I tried to dig a little bit of the salt out of the Perlman wound that was in my arm. Ah,
1: you went in salty.
0: Oh, I, 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 I was a little salty, but I, uh, I, I told myself, I can't I can't hold David Harbour, you know, I can't hold him accountable for that. Mike Mignola is doing a screenplay. Let's let's go in with an open mind, and I tried.
1: Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, uh, here, okay, let me, I went in with not necessarily high hopes, but expecting a Hellboy movie that was rated R. And I got a Hellboy movie that was rated R. That is for sure, Um, yes. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I the, didn't, the whole Perlman thing, like, dude, actors get replaced all the damn time. Oh, but
0: it, it's just, it's, it's a little salty just because, like, Perlman really just wanted to finish his trilogy. Yeah, and Ben Affleck wanted to be Batman. Shit happens. <laughs> what? <laughs> ben Affleck got one movie, though. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, well, we'll see how many Harvard gets. And, and
0: we've seen, and I'm just going to say with Argo that have shown us that when Ben Affleck has a true passion project, he can do well with it. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. And that's, well, and that's what I'm saying, though, is, you know, it was kind of a little bit of a passion project for Perlman. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, I understand that, and I totally respect that. It's just, I don't... We can't spend this whole podcast talking about Perlman. We need no, to talk about what happened here. No, because the fact is, is, it's not about Perlman anymore. David Harbour... Harbour... <laughs>
1: <laughs> is Hellboy now, and I'll be damned.
0: He did a great job.
1: He did a phenomenal job yeah, he filling did. some very, very
0: massive clown shoes. shoes. Massive clown shoes. Yeah, because I mean, it
1: sounded. I might have sounded like I, I didn't like Pullman's performance. I totally dug the original. Like I loved Guillermo's whatever, but I was actually somebody when they announced who Hellboy was. I wasn't a person that was like, oh, it's not Perlman. and when they said David Harbour, I was like, why, I don't, he's the fat cop from Stranger Things, which, is, that doesn't make sense, and then they showed him in the teaser makeup, and then they did like, I read a couple bits about how jacked he got, and when I saw him... That, that that new Hellboy face, a lot of people say it's like the messed version, or the messed out version of the old Hellboy. I just think it's the darker version that Hellboy needed to look like. Is all like I like this new. No, it feels
0: like something that came out of a Dark Horse comic.
1: The kills it, dude. He brings the presence. He's got the stature, the voice. And I will give you the that. voice. Took me a second to get used to. That was actually the no. B- the the voice? voice felt pretty. Seamless. Well, no, that was that was. That was the, it's not. I, I, yeah, I retract it. It's not that it took me a second to get used to. That was the thing that I went in most critical of. Was can he hold that voice? I know he's got the stature, but I want. I want to oh, I need to hear the Hellboy voice. Because it's it's just... There's a certain tone. Just like with Batman. Like, Batman's gotta at least have... Not necessarily sound an exact way, but gotta have a certain tone to him. Hellboy's that same thing. Oh, absolutely.
0: I'll I'll completely agree there. But it... You gotta admit, he carried it. The whole way. 100%. Who didn't carry their voice the whole way? And I know you're... You're probably gonna find a little bit of disagreement here with me. But... Wednesday, Ian McShane, Uh just, I, there were points where I felt like he picked up and dropped this accent, like, I I don't want to, I don't know if it was supposed to be English or what it was supposed to be, but it felt like there would be points where there was an accent and then there wasn't. I understand Ian McShane just kind of talks funny sometimes. And he does talk funny, he's a
1: goofy son of a bitch, like... But I think that's the most intriguing thing about him is he's got this powerful, unique voice. Like he's like a Bane in a way. Like I, I don't know, know I don't know where voice, that
0: accent's coming from, but I'll, I'll take it. It, it. It's there at some points, and it's just it feels inconsistent. But once I got past it, it's like whatever. We've got Ian McShane here, and
1: he's actually the thing that sold me on this
0: movie completely. When yeah, I saw Madison that Hellboy's dad
1: was great, Professor Boop and Helm and yeah, I think it's fruit and Home. It's, it's Broom, is what I think they they pretty much refer to them as.
0: I mean, overall, I really, really enjoyed it. I just I felt like there were some points where we were down for a moment. Like we had some, I will say, legitimate legitimate parts where I was bored.
1: Yeah, no, I can. Uh, yeah, no, I get you. There's some parts that were drawn out.
0: Some parts where it took too long movie, to get where it was going. The
1: Movie could have probably been about ten to twelve minutes shorter. I'm not gonna lie, but I don't I don't hate it for that. Maybe if I no. watched it again during the day, it, I wouldn't have felt as bored because I wasn't as tired. Maybe so. <laughs> or I wouldn't have been as tired. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say this is a boring movie. Oh, but absolutely maybe. not. It and is action-packed, damn near, all the way through. It's just a few of the lore-ish parts. The, too, just the like, dog, I get
0: it. Is, yeah, we get it. You just, they draw it out a little bit too much. And some of the, the crucial points that, you're just like, I see it coming. I see it coming. Just fucking drop it, please. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Just, just put it down, now. Yeah. And it'll get there. And you just, okay, it's, it, I don't, it's, it's the exact opposite of Shazam for me. It's that the points that you saw in the trailer, when you see them coming up, you're just like, freaking do it already. Whereas in Shazam, it's like, oh, it's going to happen. They're going to do the thing. And I don't want to say that there aren't those moments, because there are. There are those moments in the movies where they're like, they're going to do the thing. that I, I've seen before in the comic pages. I've seen it happen. And yeah. you get that. Yeah,
1: and you know, you, you you don't need to necessarily be a massive Hellboy fan to to know all of the Hellboyish stuff going on in this movie. Um, it's there there's some parts where like you call it, you, you I mean it's not like you read a whole bunch, but you're like you saw the big house thing, you're like Baba Yaga
0: and I looked over you was like,
1: How the hell you not what?
0: Say like what, you do that I'm proud <laughs> Well Baba Yaga to be fair though is a part of Eastern European lore. I
1: get it, but at the same time, I I didn't recognize that, and I've read a little bit of Hellboy. You know, like I, you you caught that right off the bat, man. so. The fact is, is that you don't necessarily have to be a Hellboy reader to understand some of the coolness uh, that I goes guess, on in the uh, book. Spoiler
0: that, sh- spoiler alert that should have been there, you know, ten seconds ago. <laughs> Baba Yaga. Yeah. Oh no, we could bring up. Ba- she's well, in the I first like three minutes of the movie, dude. But, but I didn't. No, she doesn't. I didn't see her in the trailer. Not in the trailer, but so that's the thing. It's like I don't want to, you know, Whatever. Uh, yeah, we well, find it. Let's uh, let's just go ahead and go spoiler territory right now, then. Well, I, I, eh, three, I, two, one. Yeah, whatever. People <laughs> know we like it. Let's. Uh, we've said the main points. It's, it's let's go. Not,
1: well, here's the thing about this movie: is it's not like. This is we would be spoiling anything in like the big dark horse universe comic
0: book universe no, movie but blah, still, blah blah blah. somebody, it, That might be a satisfying moment to be like, oh, Baba Yaga, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know I don't but know. I will say, that, like, there were points where it was just legitimately the most comic book shit I have ever seen on screen. Absolute points where I was like, this is a fucking panel taken out of a comic book. And translated into motion.
1: Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, and that, that oh man, there are some amazing scenes. All right, so there, a lot of people were critical uh, based off the first trailer that dropped, and I understand their criticism. Um, but when when they came out with the uh, that the, that first teaser trailer, it was goofy and it was funny. And it was a, hur, hur,
0: hur, I'm it was boy so having
1: hard. fun. I'm gonna shoot, shoot, shoot jokey jokey joke. And everyone was like, "Well, I don't. That's not what this is supposed to be." R. They're gonna, they're gonna mess this all up, man. And then they came out with the red band trailer, and I was like, "That's the fuck I'm talking about." But that's what I knew was coming all along because they're not gonna put an R-rated title on a movie. Because it's not like they, they had like thirty seven trailers like they're doing for Endgame right now where they're just trying to Oh, I'm
0: just avoiding the shit. Yeah. Out of a that's all, bit. I'm
1: not really talking about. We're that. allowed to curse on this one, right? Well it's a little late now. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we're uh this movie the, the, the tone only kinda matches the trailers. It still has its jokey scenes.
0: There's actually know, there's actually a, a
1: lot more jokey I think I can sum this. it
0: up real easily. I think i sum it up really, really easy. For the most part, up until Allison enters the picture, it's, and it takes a little Allison. bit for uh, Alice, Alice? Yeah, Alice. I said Allison, but Alice. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but Alice anyways, um, up until she enters the picture, um, it really just feels like Hellboy being just, you know, a joker in a world where everyone else is serious around him. For the most part, that's what it feels like. And then Alice enters the picture, and she's just another little joker in that, like, in the same way he is. Not as dark, maybe, but she tries to make light of the situation she's in. She can talk to the dead, and the dead don't shut up. Yeah, she's got a joke all the time, because that's how you break the dark tension that's going on. That's how you break the existential dread.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying they, they over-joke the movie or anything like that. Like this clearly has Mike Mcnola's approval. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it, that's it, what I'm it, saying. It's it just it, oh it feels it, appropriate. And, there, and even in Guillermo's movies, like Ron Perlman had his plenty of moments. Oh yeah, Ron Perlman movie. had plenty of joke moments. Yeah, the thing is, is that for this, you know, just. I'm I i I'm not saying this is bad. I just didn't expect they would come as hard as they did with the jokes and then match it 50-50 with the gore. Because the gore was there on a capacity that I did not expect. Like, I expected some blood and some, you know, CGI guts and everything. Oh, no, there was far more. Dude, like,
0: it was brutal. Children in a stew? Children hang... I, I, okay, that one I was like, wow, you are pushing to get somebody mad at you when he leans around the corner in Baba Yaga's house and sees the children hanging from the ropes and the hooks in the back, and you're just like, okay, whoa. Yeah, man. I don't think I've seen a movie show, us like, corpses of children hanging from the ceiling before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, there's, uh... Uh, someone, oh man
0: the gore was so much the, I mean more straight off the bat with the giants when, when he's fighting the giants it, once again that part is just as comic book as it could be panels ripped directly out and thrown on the screen
1: oh yeah no absolutely
0: and like from the, I think it really came together with that last scene where he takes the giant sword hacks off the arm hacks off the leg hacks off the head he doesn't even hack off the head. He plants that sword right in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, no, they uh, they flex that CGI, buddy.
0: <laughs>
1: I, uh, yeah, there that, that, that is one, kind of one thing. Is the CGI it wasn't completely consistent throughout. It wasn't. Movie. There
0: did it did feel like a few times it was like, did you guys run out of budget? Did you have different artists doing this section? It, it doesn't feel consistent here.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, and I get it, it's fine. Uh, I, I'm not, see, I, I've i come from an age where I like Spawn, and I'm okay with bad CGI. I don't Spawn think... wasn't
0: terrible CGI. Yeah, it was. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay like, with that. It wasn't, it wasn't Batman levels of bad. It's, it's, like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, not... and Robin riding a, a piece of a door as a, as a sky surfboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: The thing is, is that I come from a generation where most of us are pretty forgiving of bad CGI because it was—it's oh, a, a fairly new thing. So I don't care if it's the year twenty-five twenty-five. If CGI is bad, I don't. As long as the story's good, the, the the delivery and all of that, like that's that's what the imagination is for. If you need visual effects to be so perfect that you can't fill the rest out on your own head because you don't have the imagination to do it, then I just feel sorry
0: for you. Well, yes, but at the same time, there's something to be said for standards.
1: No, there are standards for sure, but if you're going to let CGI ruin a movie for you... Oh, it didn't you, ruin it, no. Right.
0: It, so no, there's, there's no points where the CGI ruins the movie. Any time where the CGI gets inconsistent and drops, and like, I think my big one would be the zombies coming out of the ground scene... It doesn't really ruin it. It's just like, it, okay, guys, did, I'm going to let this go. It, it, it's it, I, I have a complaint, but it's like I'm actually, at this point in the movie, I'm having fun, and you're not boring me right now.
1: Well, we're, I think, the to me, I will actually say that the the biggest woe moment in the movie for me was Baba Yaga... After she, her first introduction, she falls, she hits the floor, and then she gets up, and then when she starts coming at Hellboy, and her creepy, like, grudge ring type of mannerism walking, and her claws and all that. That was
0: high-quality shit right there. That
1: Seriously, like, that that legit fucking freaked me out a little bit. Oh, like, yeah, that, that was, was really, some really good.
0: High-quality moke. like, they had to get, I'm sure, a contortion artist to really do that, like some sort of gymnastics performance artist to get the mo cap on that. And then the amount of just delicate texturing and modeling that they apply to that is wonderful. Like they had somebody went through on the modeling and the meshes and got the lighting on it perfect.
1: Yeah, pretty much any character that is going to continue to be the C G I was spot on. That's kind of how you knew they were gonna die is if the C G I wasn't great. Yeah, like if it giants, wasn't great. Like the Giants. Um, The Giants themselves were fine. Uh, The the motion with them, like, you didn't really get a great look at the Giants a whole lot of times. A lot of the
0: motion in that scene just didn't feel very lifelike at all. Like, even when he's picking up the trees and stuff like that, it's just... But you're going, this is comic book. This is fun. And that's exactly what it was. was how are are they supposed to do this? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go build a rig and see how it works when you throw a, a, a piece of a log you know, no, I just want a hundred yards into something's eye. No, you're just gonna animate it and see how it goes.
1: No, that's I, I. I thought the the fight scenes and all that, even in the CGI. I mean, every, like I said, the CGI was fine. We just had I just felt like comic book. That's yep, all. No, yep. the, the the all of the fight scenes were were spot on. The the now the the thing about a lot of Hellboy is the the BPRD and the team and all of that, and the chemistry within the team. This is not the uh, Guillermo del Toro team at all. This is a completely different team. There's no Abe Sapien. There's no What's-Her-Face. There's no uh, Who's-It's-Dick. There's no none of them.
0: (laughs) I forget all their names. But Um, Abe is coming.
1: Yeah, everyone knows that. But this team, Alice and... Uh, ben. Ben. Yeah. No, I I didn't know who these people were. Uh, um, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with the BPRD book.
0: Oh, and he calls him Daimyo the most most of the way through. Like uh, Hellboy refers to him by his last name. Yeah. For for most of it.
1: Well, he, he's like a little cheetah man. <laughs> he's you know they, that that was really the 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 biggest team chemistry in the the movie was between those two because there was clearly some animosity between them.
0: Uh, yeah, but you saw where it was going to go, and you you pretty much, like, that whole thing felt like, okay, we already see where this whole thing is going to go. He's going to have this, it was kind of this like, magic bullet that we know exactly, like, when I saw the magic bullet, I was like, I know exactly when this is going to come out. I know the exact point in the movie this is going to come out. Yeah. And I know exactly what's going to happen. Hellboy's going to change his mind about what he's doing, and he's going to do something to look, to make Ben see him in a different light, and it's going to get thrown away. We, we we all knew it was going to happen, but it, at the same time, I kind of feel like a lot of this movie felt like Mike Mignola. Mignola? Mignola. <laughs> I'm going to say Mignola. I like it you do that. <laughs> Anyways, I felt like a lot of this movie was... Him pretty much just setting the preface for what he wants to happen next. Yeah. It really felt like, I have to get this out of the way. I, this isn't my best work. I want it to be good. I want people to you know to be introduced to it, but I don't feel like it's the best that the story has to, has to offer. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't direct the movie. He just wrote the screenplay. We got a, Neil Marshall directed the movie. Oh, absolutely. I understand that direction has a lot to do with it, but you can only direct so much that is written. Yeah, I get you. But um, a lot of it felt like, story-wise, plot-wise, dialogue-wise, it felt like this is what we have to get out of the way to get to the meat I want to get to in the second film.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, There's something else that I absolutely have to talk about in every movie, and that's the soundtrack. And I was not disappointed in this soundtrack at all. I did a couple of remakes that I didn't necessarily hate. Usually, I don't like remakes, especially when it comes to eight, the 80's. Yeah, me either. But um when they, when they opened with <laughs> Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and the WM, I I, I, knew, I knew that they were not going to fail me on the soundtrack. There was just... every song fits so perfectly. as Songs that I didn't think I'd ever get it. Like some deep tracks. These are not mainstream songs. Like, you gotta be a, a music lover, and a music lover of good music. And by that I mean, not For your radio some
0: shit. of them. First, some of them.
1: Yeah. But
0: I mean, well, yeah, no, yeah, no. Nobody, nobody has to know. You don't have to know jack about music for kickstart my heart to have been thrown at you every corner of your life.
1: That's true. But a lot of the other stuff, like not a lot. But I'll I'll, I will actually give them that
0: too. I will give them that. Like I fucking hate that song, and the way they applied it at the end of that movie, I was fine with it. I loved it. I loved the the entire end sequence.
1: Yeah, I don't know who remade it. That's. I don't know, I, I was looking, I can't find it, but, that's, you guys could do that. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, I've, I've griped multiple times about some soundtracks, and some pre- previous podcasts, and some movies that we've done, and this one, I give it an A, solid A, from what I, at least from what's in the movie, I don't know about the, the off, the off-track stuff, the off-film stuff they throw in the soundtrack, but as far as, like, the actual, bleh, throughout the movie... It's dope. The bleh, the bleh. It's oh, that's that's a college term. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, no oh man, I. Oh, uh, the there's there's so many good things to say about this movie. There's only a few bad things. Yeah, to there's only really
0: only a few bad things, and I think that the the only thing about those bad things is that they were easy to focus on. But at the same time, none of them, by themselves or together, ruined the film. I will say they added together to be some moments that drew you out of the film, but nothing that ruined it.
1: Yeah, um... There was a couple of times... All right, so in the beginning, right off the bat, we get Lobster Johnson. That was fun. And throughout the whole movie, the whole movie... I was anticipating Lobster Johnson. Oh, you were anticipating more Lobster Johnson? And when that didn't happen, like, I was actually legit disappointed. Well, we didn't get it until,
0: spoiler, the post-credit scene? Mid-credit scene. Yeah. Was that mid? Yep. No, the, the mid-credit scene was, uh... No, that
1: was... No. Okay. Yep. The mid-credit scene was Lobster Johnson, he comes up to Hellboy, and he's getting hammered. Hammered! Like... Funny hammered on oh, uh, his daddy's grave, and then Lobster Johnson shows up, and Hellboy fanboys out like legit fanboy. It's mm, it's so good. I know you're looking up to try to prove me wrong. The post credit scene was Baba Yaga. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah, that's <laughs> right. The post credit scene was Baba Yaga and, and Koshi. Uh, Koshi. I yeah, guess. Koshi and the Deathless. Yeah, no, Um, she well, really, wants Hellboy's Eye. Bobby Yaga really, 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 and really. And we don't really know energetic. that it's Koshi,
0: but we're pretty much assuming because it's Eastern, it's Eastern European lore with more Eastern European lore and a character that has already been brought into the Hellboy universe.
1: Uh, well, that and the big hint of, like, giving you life back. You yeah. Mean, what is it, Koshi the... the Koshi what? the Deathless. The Deathless. Koshi... Whatever it is, I, I don't I don't know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. uh I N- uh. Uh, the there no lack of guts. There
0: was an amazing score. What else? And I'll well, say that. Like this, that's another thing with where the CGI is strangely inconsistent. Is you'll have these moments where you've got this just intense gore on screen and it's superbly done. And then you'll have, like, rocks falling apart or a pillar getting smashed. And it's... It's,
1: Let's skip it. Yeah. it's whatever. It's whatever. If you're going (laughs) to... Once again, not something that breaks it. it's It
0: draws you out for a moment.
1: Yeah, if you're going to be the type of person to have something like that break a movie for you then you're, you're on a different level of film than than most people. Right? No, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think... I don't mean you. I mean, as a listener, if you are that person, then you're on a different level and Hellboy's not the movie for you because you don't like to have fun in movies.
0: Oh, no. Like <laughs> I said, it's just, it's consistency.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything should be consistent. Yeah, well... But... I will say it was consistently fun for the most part. You know, we had, like I said, some boredom dips. But overall, I'd say I'd give it a good solid 7. 7 out of 10.
1: Yeah, no, that's all I expected to give it. Like I said, I went in with Hellboy expectations, and I got a Hellboy movie. Yeah. It wasn't the Guillermo del Toro. It wasn't artsy. It wasn't, um... Yeah, no. The, the the way they kill off the dad is not nearly as <laughs> heroic. <laughs> Most was, of the major plot points, points rock see. falls. <laughs> and I'm like, what, ah, Dead yeah. <laughs> There's no uh, amazing like kneel down. You've been a w- great warrior. I'm gonna make this death quick type of moment like there was in Hellboy Two. Like, when, when they kill off the professor and that. Like, that oh, was an no. epic death scene. No, it, it when was. When you it, were like, oh, shit, that's it? Well. That's it? No. But that, then they make up for it by going, well, he's he could come back
0: at any time through Alice. Like. No, not any time. No, because she explained that very specifically at the beginning of the movie, that the only reason she was able to do the other seer that was there is because her spirit was still there, because she was freshly dead. Oh, that's and right. And that's the only reason that's she was right. able to do it with his father, was well, he was freshly dead. And rock didn't fall on, no. She just took her finger and slid his, slid his jugular on the side of his neck. She opened up the blood vessels uh, well, on the side what of what his neck he, with her finger. How come he had a
1: bunch of rocks on him? I missed something there. I, I I don't know, maybe... I'm pretty sure that there was a bunch of goddamn boulders laying on him when it was all said and done. <coughs> I you mean, that might
0: have happened after he took the sword and everything crumbled, but...
1: Yeah, I thought that's what killed him. No, what killed
0: him was she had, like... He refused to take the sword out, and she goes, okay. And then, uh, like, Mila Joker just says, okay, and then brings his dad over to her. Hold him right there, and he just goes, no, don't do it, you know, you can have me. And she says, I already have you, you just don't know it. And then she, like, slits the side of his neck, uh, and, and he falls down. I must have Into the hole, bleeding, and, no, 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 mm-hmm. daddy. I must have
1: been eating candy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, like, the, the, the Mila Jovovich stuff, like, that, that character was kind of underwhelming. It's just, and I think it's, you kind of had it on the head off, Mike. Yeah, like, everyone else kind of took this as, uh, all the characters and the actors are like, this is a comic book movie. Meanwhile, she's like, I'm going to try to win an Oscar. And that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like every,
0: it felt like most of the actors playing through their characters were very self-aware. And this felt like Mila Jovovich taking this role far too seriously. Yeah. I mean, it was
1: it was okay. Yeah, it
0: well, and it's also now you know after what seven, eight Resident Evil movies, yeah. you can't see her as anything else. Like I'm sorry, even I I think the last thing I saw her in that I actually did enjoy, her, and I'll admit it happened. Uh, Faces in the Crowd was a very interesting movie where. Like some kind of serial killer or serial rapist tries to do something to her, and she wakes up in the hospital and she sees she 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 like sees everybody as him she all of the faces she sees are him hmm. it's It's weird oh, I um, but that was the last one I, I I enjoyed with her, and it was even that kind of pushed it,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it's not, it's not necessarily that her performance was underwhelming, it just didn't fit. It didn't fit,
0: exactly. No. Yep. She did not feel, and it's not, I, don't, I can't even blame it on her, I think it, she did not fit the casting. Yeah,
1: yeah, and she was kind of given a tough part to play, because a lot of the time she had to play like a headless person. This is I great. mean like just a head. And it's really hard to be... Uh, A character when you have no body language. Well, not only that, (laughs) but a
0: character who's supposed to be, you know, a badass, ancient, deathless witch. Yeah. And she, I I don't know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't sell.
1: Maybe she wasn't given the right opportunity. Like I said, she might have just been miscast at
0: all. Miscast, think. misdirected. It, there's lots of there's lots know. of options. The point is, I'm sorry, Mila, you didn't feel like you fit.
1: Well, they can't all be singers, man. I, I mean, there's a lot of them were
0: great though. Like
1: Thomas Hayden Church's Lobster Johnson is probably the greatest oh, singer in the whole Oh, absolutely. Well, and
0: I, I've, I've been I can't believe I've been ignoring his name the, most of this time. But Daniel Day Kim, yeah. I, I, that's how you say your name. I apologize if it's not. Great job, for the most part. Like, I I really gotta say, I didn't like your character at first, and I couldn't attribute it to the writing, per se. I think it was really just, your character was meant to be not liked in the beginning. And you get your moment of redemption, and I can't say you're a perfect actor, I can't say your performance was perfect, but I don't think anything in this movie was. I think you did a great job, though. You know, the only perfect thing about this movie was Lobster Johnson. Yeah, Lobster Johnson was absolutely perfect every moment he was on screen. Yeah, every... Every
1: single moment. uh, uh, All all two of them. Hey, Uh, and they were beautiful. Well, (laughs) I'm more impressed with how Harbour pulled off that fanboy moment at the end, though. Oh, yeah. That was was just...
0: He was... He was ecstatic (laughs) to see a ghost. It was... Oh man, it was, it was, so it, was nice. it was good. I will definitely say it. I enjoyed it. I, I recommend. I'll, I recommend it, and I would see it again.
1: If you like the old Hellboy, this is not the same. But I still think that you would enjoy this, is it because no one saw that version of Hellboy coming. This is way more Hellboy, at least to the comics, I believe, than Guillermo's movies. I'm not saying this movie's better. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm not comparing them. Um, I, I really don't. I, I I don't think I could. I think it's about the same. It's just really another I, version I, I, of
0: the Hellboy. Movie. No, I feel like compared to the Guillermo story, like if you really think about it, it's pretty much like on par at least with the tone and really, I've got to say the the uh, the atmosphere and the story. It's it's pretty much. If you're a fan of the old one, you really don't have anything to complain about other than, I'm sorry, Pearlman doesn't get to complete his trilogy. That's the only salt you get. That's it. That's all you get. You get to be angry that nobody gave m- Perlman enough money to finish his trilogy. But you can't be mad at, uh, can't be mad at these people for making this one. No, no. And I actually
1: think that the Professor's character was way more on par with the, the comics because he was just cold. Like he, uh, for the most part. Yeah. He was just, he, he was, was like, like, his whole time was, I was doing what I had to do. There was no babying or anything like that. He was like, I did what I had I to did do what I thought so, was right. Yeah. Some people were like this and I did this. Some people were like that. Didn't agree, but just still had to do it. And may not have deserved it. Deserved it. And I yeah. don't regret
0: my decision. It's yeah. the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I kind of think it made made it all the the easier for Hellboy to just like move on. I don't, th- on at I the don't end, think yeah.
0: it was. I don't even think it was really cold. I think it was just that's how some fathers are. Yeah, And I, that, that really just it was just cold compared to the
1: other. I mean, that's okay, for yeah. sure. Ab- ab- absolutely. Like I said, that was this was way less like a father figure. I mean, you get the moment in the beginning when he's like shaving his horns yeah. for him and all that, and. But other than that, like, that's really the only fatherly moment that I could think of between the two. That's like, aww, type of moment. Other than that, I'm like, nah, this is how it is. How it's gonna be. So, yeah. I don't know, I can't think of anything else to talk about this movie other than the, uh, like we talked about the the, the end scenes, the cut scenes. We spoiled this whole son of a bitch for you.
0: So, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of things you can see. But I'm going to say, when you go into the movie, for the most part, you know what's going to happen. Well, like, it's a You f- see it coming. It's mainly about the action. Yeah. Mainly about, hey, you need to get this story now because, you know, the next one's going to just, you know, involve a lot more. And by the way, Dad's going to be gone. <laughs>
1: I hope there's more. I hope this doesn't get swept under the rug. Like give us I, more. Like I hope these.
0: that I hope
1: Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean anything because I'm looking at that score and shame on you all for giving it that type of score. Shame on you. I, I haven't seen what it is. It's a twelve. Yeah. I don't. I am like
0: super anti Rotten Tomatoes. Very, oh no, very you should always be because that uh, that is the number one thing I have learned in this day and age is that. If Rotten Tomatoes has a critic score that's low, the audience score is going to be completely different. And the audience reviews are going to be completely different because critics these days are out of touch with the basic audience. And I may reach that point at one time. Oh, mm-hmm. like Ascendant.
1: Well, Google users give it a 71%. And being that I gave it a 7 out of 10, I gave it a 7 you, out of 10. No, I actually, I think what happened is Google agreed with us. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's usually what, how it works, yeah. right? So, yeah. No, I, uh, you guys should go see this movie. It's nothing that I don't, really don't think you need to go out and rush and see. But I, I IMAX would be great, I bet, because, dude, that giant scene the whole time, I was like, I probably should have got IMAX. Yeah, the giant
0: everything. scene would have been cool for IMAX. And that
1: end scene with all the demons coming up and all the... Getting guts and entrails that would have come flying at the screen I'll
0: yeah. give you that
1: spend, spend the extra two dollars two matinee whatever it takes I, I just I, I suggest you go see this movie because I want a number two damn it
0: I, I, I will definitely say that I went in with low expectations to begin with then you know trying to clear my head and go in you know not expecting anything and I came out for the most part pleasantly surprised
1: yeah. and I think most people will be pleasantly surprised because I know there was a lot of meh going all right, into Alright, so
0: final words. Fun ride, some boring parts, would we'll see it again, 7 out of 10. For sure. So, uh, yeah guys,
1: um, once again, thank you all for listening. There will be more comic book movie talk next one on the docket. I don't think anybody's going to end up seeing it. It's probably going to bomb uh, Avengers Endgame will be the next comic book movie we'd be talking oh, nobody's about. Nobody's going to see that. I don't know. No. No. I I, I think that Why the whole universe I mean, I mean, we
0: shouldn't do a podcast on that.
1: Yeah, no, Dark Horse Universe is taking over, baby. Screw the MCU. All right,
0: I need a Samurai Jack movie.
1: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. All right, guys, thank you so much again for tuning in. Mason, thank you for being a guest coo-host, even though you're you're usually behind the scenes anyway, so... Yeah, appreciate your input. I always dig seeing movies with you. So... Thank you guys, again, for listening. Y'all know where to find us, reach out to us, and all that good stuff, social media, wherever you listen to podcasts, we be there. And if we're not there, find us on social media and tell us, and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, good night, guys. Take care.
0: And cheers.